Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What are the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? New NCIS, Monday, 9, 8 central, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And Jason gets recognized in public and he doesn't particularly like it. So when you see him, make sure you tell him hi <laughs> and continue to give him fist bumps because we're going to get him used to it because he definitely needs to know how much we like him. I'm glad you like me. Thank you, Shelby. You're welcome. For liking me. You're welcome. Um, we are back with the football mailbag part deux. And we have six questions, though they some of them have little like side paths to them so it's going to feel like more than six questions really but um we're excited to continue our mailbag because i love football discussions are you ready jason Shear? i'm always ready shelby okay get that football philosophy brain ready to go okay so uh p merlihan asks what three games will make or break U of A's season yeah, so when I'm asked questions like this, the way I look at it is, like, I don't think a game against USC makes or breaks, you know, Arizona season because they're going to be significant underdogs in that game. So what I do is I look at games like, like we know Arizona has to beat NAU. Arizona has to beat UTEP. Um, the first game that I, that I look as a make-or-break type of game is is at Stanford, right? It's early in the season, and even though it's on the road, Arizona will have already had a road game at Mississippi State. Stanford's not going to be very good. Undergoing a, a coaching transition with David Shaw and all that, that's a game to me where Arizona has to win if it's going to make a bowl game, right? You look at a game a few weeks later at Washington State, that's one of those games, you know, Arizona has to win at Stanford or at Washington State, in my opinion, um, versus Oregon State at home, versus UCLA at home. You know, you're going to have to win one of those at Colorado, right? It, it's the games against ASU. So I know I just mentioned more than three games, but like versus Utah in November, Utah's better than Arizona. They're going to be favored, right? Uh, at USC in October, favored. Washington, you know, Arizona gave them a battle. You never know, but Washington will be favored, but Arizona's at home. It's the UTEPs, the Stanfords, the Colorados of the world. The home schedule 
that uh, that is really going to kind of determine Arizona's season, in my opinion. I mean, I'm just excited that we're hoping Arizona's going to beat NAU this yeah, that, time. Yeah, that might make or break Arizona's season. That could potentially make or break Arizona's season. So, uh, yeah, that is to be determined. Uh, next question, Hollywood Cat, as Jason hastily skitters away to turn on the fan. Uh, do you feel our run defense will be adequate? Might we start to have a pass rush? I like the way that that's written. Like, it's very British. I just had a full-on allergy attack in the middle of this. Uh, Jason's having some problems. I'm allergic to losing, baby. Bear down. <coughs> um, <laughs> so, to, uh, the run defense, yeah. I mean, adequate is, is fair. You know, you don't want to say it's going to be good because we don't really know. But I think adequate is a good word. The nascent beginnings of a pass rush. Right. And look, I, I think the, the biggest thing that you look at is the upgrade in talent, number one. And then number two is the overall development, right? Like you need certain guys to kind of take that that next step, right? And, and what I mean by that is a guy like Russell Davis who – gain strength and weight and all that. You want to see him take that next step and go from a guy that may occasionally get to the quarterback to a guy that, you know, can have a little bit more of an impact. Um, you know, Bill Norton isn't going to be a pass rusher, but at 6'6", 300 pounds, can he open things up for other guys? Same with Ty Ty Uigalele. Same with Oren Patsu. Um, you know, Isaiah Ward is a guy that we're probably not talking about enough. The coaching staff really likes him, and there's a, a legit chance that he starts at the defensive end position. And if not, he's still going to get major reps. Does Tyler Manoa open things up? Kungaika, et cetera, right? And then, you know, you get CEO from Indiana. You get Upshaw. At the very least, you have guys that have experience and ability. Will that lead to production? I suppose you never know. But I know that there's more players on this roster that are capable of reaching the quarterback than there were last season by a large margin, in my opinion. So to answer the question, uh, yeah, I actually feel that the defensive, the, the run defense will be adequate, if not better. And, and I do think that we'll see a better pass rush this season than we did last season. All right. Baby steps. Progress is good. Um. Next question, I hope I say this right, but I think it's uh, Sug Rich says, is Fish that good with recruiting, recruiting quarterbacks specifically? How do we keep uh, all of this talent happy for which there's only one starting position spot for? I swear to God, people write things so funny. Hey, I let you read the questions beforehand this time, so that is not my fault, of which it is not. Okay. Your corner, it is. <laughs> no, we're just messing. Uh, look, Jed Fish has a really quarterback-friendly system, right? It is, you're, you're going to put up numbers. Jaden Delora is going to put up numbers. When he's done, whether it's Noah Fafita or Brandon Dorman, they're going to put up numbers. The guy after that, who's the number one quarterback for Fish, is going to put up numbers. You know, Jed Fish generally recruits one quarterback per cycle, which I think every coach in America should do. 
If you have a bunch of guys leaving at once, you increase it to two. It's it's oftentimes really difficult to take two good quarterbacks in the same class. But yes, I mean, look, Jed Fish is the head coach and he works directly with the quarterback. And that's not me taking anything away from Jimmy Doherty because Jimmy Doherty does as well. But if you watch a practice, Jed Fish is very involved with the offense and very hands-on with the quarterback. So if you're a quarterback being recruited to Arizona and you commit there, you're basically getting one-on-one coaching from the head coach, which doesn't happen many other places. So that's appealing. Then you look at the numbers and the system, and it's appealing as well. Jetfish is very clearly a good recruiter, but there's more to it than that. Like, you have to have stuff to back it up. As far as keeping the talent happy, I think they're happy for now, right? Like, Jaden Delore is the starter. That's very clear. Let's see what happens next year. You know, does Arizona's going to land a quarterback for sure in the 2024 class? They're going to come in. They're going to compete. Let's say Brandon Dorman beats out Noah Fafita, right? Let's just randomly. It would be very, very surprising, right? Uh, Noah Fafita very likely wouldn't stick around, right? If Noah Fafita beats out Brayden Dorman, who knows what will happen? We just, we don't know. But the reason they're happy now is because they know that their chance is kind of right around the corner. If it means waiting a season for you to have an opportunity to become the starting quarterback for three years under Jed Fish, um, you know, it's it's unique. But you're you're willing to wait that season to see what happens. All right. I do like this name. Um, clearly a fan of the Mandalorian. Mando Faux-Show asks, who would you like to see take that jump from their freshman year to their sophomore year as Jason I am literally sneezes. dying. Something happened. I don't know. Uh, I'm Yeah, I'm on the ropes. So, um, what was the question? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a few guys, right? And I know everyone, you know, I'm cheating. Is that okay? I'm cheating on you, Shelby. Wait, what? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. With? Arizona football. Nice. <laughs> I approve. Wait, what? Uh, so, you know, you take a look at the sophomores or the, you know, and even some of the, the redshirt freshmen. So you take a look at, and I'll kind of go down the line a little bit. You know, redshirt freshmen, obviously, you know, I know you said freshman and sophomore, but Freshman or redshirt freshman. You want to see Kevin Green continue to, to kind of get in there. Uh, Jai G7, you know, he was the guy that had a couple good games in the spring. Maybe he takes the next, the next step. But there's a few specifically that, you know, like Wendell Moe is a guy that you want to see take that next step. 
as an offensive lineman that can go uh, a long way. Isaiah Ward is another one. Um, but, you know, if you're going f true freshman to sophomore, I want to see Ephesians Prysock be the guy that everyone thinks he's going to be. You know, he to me, he's got the potential to be one of the best corners in the country. Like, I think he's an NFL corner. Arizona was fine with letting Christian Roland Wallace go to USC because they believe in the ability of Ephesians Prysock. Sterling Lane, you know, is, is a guy to me. Deuce Davis, Dakario Davis is another one. Cornerback, he isn't going to start, but... You want to see Arizona have some depth at that position. Um, you know, Kean Burnett is another guy where you want to see him kind of take that jump. Uh, you know, you want to see him emerge as that second tight end behind Tanner McLaughlin. Russell Davis, to me, is very high on that list, Shelby. Like we mentioned earlier, it, he's, to me, he's put in the necessary work. He looks bigger. He's the guy most capable on this roster on the defensive line of being that dominant pass rusher because he's very quick coached up well good bloodline all of that he's the guy you want to see kind of make that jump and then lastly Isaiah Taylor um, you know he's a starting safety now he has that spot with Jackson Turner gone you know you Arizona safeties were inconsistent last season so uh, to me he's that guy hmm. he's the dude in, in the secondary at least he's one of them this is a multi-part question Shelby That's okay multi Part question. Uh, oh, yeah. Here we go. CP King asks. Well, no, wait. I think two people asked the same question. Okay. Yeah, there was Mando. The that wrote these. Look so. at Shelby. Mando for show and CP King had the same question. There you go. I just changed it. You're welcome. I'm your husband. All right. CP King asked multiple questions. So we'll ask one that hasn't been done. Finally, do you think JDL will have a good enough O-line and have improved enough to reach the top group of quarterbacks in the Pac-12? Earn that respect, Jaden. Do you think we're the most prepared podcast in America? Boom. Done. I mean... Not having an allergy attack in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I can't breathe at this point. Uh, I'm deleting questions as we go. I think it's very charming um, how unorganized we are. Listen... Some people call it unorganized, but I think you have to be more organized to be able to do this on the fly. Extemporaneous. Oh my God, come here right now. I'll show you. Explain what? Okay, can you get back to the um, question? We can't have too much banter. <laughs> I don't even know what day of the week it is. I, it took me until 7 p.m. to figure out it was Thursday. Well, right now for you, it's Friday. Anyway, uh, do you think JDL will have a good enough O-line? Yes. I think he's already in the top group of quarterbacks in the Pac-12. I saw these ratings, like John Wilner's quarterback rating, which didn't have Caleb Williams number one. The dude won the Heisman, and USC doesn't have the number one quarterback in the conference. Come on. Um, Jana Delora is already in the top half of the conference. I, I, I think that people are, like DJ Uigalele, he transferred from Clemson for a reason. He wasn't very good. He got benched and transferred. And I realized that he was good in high school, but it's not like he has magical numbers where he comes into the Pac-12 and we're like, oh, man, this kid's going to be awesome. We have no idea how good he's going to be. Um, you know, the O-line, yeah. I, I think Arizona's O-line, you know, we, we get asked about the O-line every time we do one of these mailbags. And actually, I think the next question is about the O-line as well. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, like, I have confidence in Wendell Moe. Jonas Avenay, as we've mentioned, is moving to right tackle. Um, I have a little questions about who's replacing him at left tackle with uh, Borjan 
or uh, or Sam Langey. That to me is a bit of a concern. Overall depth is a little bit of a concern, but um, you know you could really say like I did this YouTube podcasting with Bud Elliott at twenty four seven, and he said, "What's the biggest concern?" And I said, "You know, it the O line depth." But then again, I was like, "Any team in the country, you lose the starting O line." the offensive lineman and there's a drop and he laughed and he goes, every single person I've asked that said the offensive line, like you're it's a, like even Alabama, you're one loss on the offensive line, one injury away from just having a major decrease in quality. Catastrophe. Because a lot of good offensive linemen don't sit. There's not a major rotation. Right. Like it's not like a normal school with wide receivers or running backs or whatever. Like Jonah Coleman's really good at running back. He's still going to get plenty of carries. Backup offensive linemen aren't going to get a lot of snaps, and they're not really willing to wait because, like, they're so wanted by schools throughout the country. So um, I have confidence in it. But, yeah, like, if there's an injury, uh, things could kind of go to crap. Like a flash. Go to crap like a flash? What? I don't know. I'm mixing my metaphors. flash crap? Ew. Shut up. That's what I do sometimes. Anyway, the point is... Moving on to the next question. <laughs> All right, this one actually has, it is one question, but there's like three. So we will answer all of these from Andressed, I'm assuming that's how we say it. Yeah, I'm going to dress. Andressed, not undressed. Yeah, we're going full out three questions. We're, we're ending it with a bang. Yes. Bang, Und- bang. Andressed asks, where are we at? With the O-line Let's just answer, transfers. Let's answer little by little. Uh, TBD, right now, there is not a clear offensive lineman that Arizona is targeting. That doesn't mean it won't change. Keep in mind also, football transfer portal recruiting is very quiet. Secretive. Like with Montana, Lemonius Craig, great name. Auburn thought it was getting him until like the day of. And we on the message board were always like, nope, Arizona's in it. No one was mentioning Arizona. And then Arizona is the one that got the commitment. They're going under the radar right now in the transfer portal. But right now there isn't, I'll be honest, there isn't a name that I, that is clear to me, but that could change very quickly. All right, next one, I'm ready. Okay. Um, anyone incoming or are we just going to wait for Polito? There's Polito, there's Elijah Payne, there's, yeah. I mean, it, look, again, I, I don't know if there's someone incoming. Um, they do have high expectations for Polito. They do think that Rhino... Um, it was very impressive during the spring. So there are options. I don't think Arizona's coaching staff is as panicked as the Wildcat authority message boards, to be honest. Mm, okay. This is uh, two questions that go together. Do you think Michael Wiley will have an NFL-worthy year, and where does he look compared to last year at this time? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I, I, it, I don't think it's likely he gets drafted. Uh, but I do think he'll make a camp roster for sure, and I think he's going to give it a a very good shot, right? And and, and I love the, the kid's awesome. Like if you ever talk to him, great kid, right attitude, all of that. Um, I do think that the biggest difference that you'll see from this year to last year is that he's going to be more involved in the passing game. Um, you know, during the spring, it was very evident that Arizona was working a lot more on receiving with its running backs. I think as a whole, the running backs are going to be used more in the passing game. He looks stronger. He looks a little bit faster, actually. Um, but he's going to be consistent. He's going to be that guy in the running back room. No one's going to pass him. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be like a draft pick, but uh, 
great attitude, Jed Fish has connections, all that, it, it absolutely would not surprise me. I actually expect him to get some sort of NFL tryout, make a camp roster, and go from there. Okay, and last question from Andrest. Any under-the-radar Jacob Manu-type picks for next year, incoming freshmen or second-year breakout stars that aren't obvious picks? I kind of answered that a little bit with the um, the which freshmen making jumps and all that. I don't remember the exact question. This is where I'm at, Shelby. Um, there's, there's a couple guys. I think Isaiah Ward is probably number one on the list. The coaching staff really likes him. He's going to be given a a major shot coming out of kind of nowhere last season. Uh, he's kind of the, the guy. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to go and play 80 snaps a game or, or whatever it may be, but um, he's a guy that, that I would definitely keep an eye on. Um, Genesis Smith is a safety that I think by the end of the season, it, it could be difficult to keep him off the field. Uh, Kamwela Kaiuka. I, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but he's a linebacker. at He's a, at a loaded position, but he had a, a really nice spring. The coaching staff was very uh, impressed with him, so he's another guy that I would I would probably keep an eye on. But the number one answer to me is is Isaiah Ward. I just think he's kind of ready to to appear on the scene. If that makes sense, Shelby. Breakout. 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 And Jason's gonna go sneeze again. So. We have completed the mailbag part de, part de. Uh Maybe after today. We're not going to go into details about the basketball commitment until they announce it, but maybe it's mm, part. There, there could potentially be about their basketball commitment. Yeah. There was something today. I just said that, Shelby. Well, you know, people look at your Twitter, they're going to say I just said that we're not going to go into details yet, but yes, Arizona. I didn't say we're going to go into details. We can like say it happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> Arizona picked up a commitment from Spanish guard uh, Conrad Martinez. Decent guard. Not bad. More of a devel- developmental guy. But we'll go into scouting details and all that in a basketball podcast next week because there could be more news coming. Ooh. Okay. On that intriguing note, we shall let Jason have his allergy attack and enjoy your long holiday Memorial Day weekend. I had no idea it was Memorial Day. Weekend. I know you don't even know that it, what day of the week it is. We've already Wait, you covered have off that. Monday. Yeah, I'm off on Monday too because I, you know, work for. Are you government. off on Friday? No. Oh. I'm off, off on the federal holiday. Look, Shelby, when you have your own hours and you work from home, these federal holidays, there are no days off. On that grind. Hashtag no days off. Bear down. Bear down. Just figured out what I'm allergic to, Shelby. What? The kids are out of school, so obviously I'm allergic to freedom because that's been taken taken away from me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, happy summer. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.